Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Oh my goodness, I feel so blessed to be a part of your team. They've given me a Bible to help me out this morning. It's like a weapon, isn't it? It's a big, big Bible. But I have had the most wonderful time. Thank you to your team. I mean, I could, I don't know all of your names, but I tell you what, this is Superwoman over here. She's amazing and, and Sandra's amazing. And I feel so incredibly blessed to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We had a great time yesterday. Your beautiful pastor, Pastor Anne, took me out for dinner on uh, Friday night and she bought me so much food. I was worried I wasn't going to fit into my clothes I'd brought with me for the weekend. And she said if I didn't eat it all, including my double scoop gelati for dessert, that she was never having me back. (laughs) I look like a good Greek girl. I ate it all. It was fabulous. So I've had such a good time. I honestly believe that God wants to move you somewhere this morning in your heart. And that I have been sent here to help move you in that direction. I am so passionate about people living not with a success mentality, but with a generational mentality. And your life right now is setting the generations after you up for success. And the closer you move towards God in your generation, the closer your children and your children's children and your children's children are going to move there as well. And I want to actually alert you to the fact this morning that there's upcoming decisions in your life as an individual, as a family, and even as a church that God wants you to be cautious and careful about making because they're pivotal decisions that are going to leave a legacy for the future. I even believe in the, the DNA of this church, there is incredible legacy And if you are on the board of management or the committee of management in this church, I believe that God wants to anoint you with wisdom because there's decisions that you're going to be making in the upcoming months and the upcoming years that's going to lay a slab and a foundation for generations in the future. And they are actually going to look back on this time and place of this generation in this church. And they are going to say, they set up exactly what we are building upon now. And you know, there's pivotal decisions and pivotal moments in all of our lives. And unless we're alert to the impact that we are making on the generations coming up, we can actually make those decisions with not enough care and without enough of godliness in mind. And, you know, I've been in an industry now for 20 years where I've seen the impact that generations have on kids. In the very early years of of my, um, you know, I guess work starting a charity, I used to take my little red beat-up Toyota to schools where I would look after groups of 8 to 12 girls who were high risk, at risk of dropping out of school, oftentimes because they didn't have a connected family around them. And some of the stories of those girls literally changed my perspective of parenting and my perspective of life. I remember there was one girl called Ashlyn who used to every single week when I would turn up to say 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, she would come down and she would wait outside the school gate and she would stand there and wait for me. Now, admittedly, she would have a smoke while she was there, but I'd like to think it was all about me. 
And she would wait for my little car to come down and she would race to the car and she would help me take my resources out of the car. She would walk me to my classroom and help me set up for the day because five minutes alone with an adult was so incredibly precious to her. At 13 years old, Ashlyn had been taken out of her home by child safety. Her mother was an alcoholic. She wasn't able to look after Ashlyn, and Ashlyn had been temporarily relocated in the basement of a friend's house overseen by her friend's mother. You know, and I remember that Ashlyn had a dream in her heart and a fantasy in her mind that if she could just find her dad, if she could just find her biological father, somehow her life would change. That somehow, if she could actually have a normal family like other children's had, the pain that was in her heart would go. And during the course of that program, Ashlyn did find her father. But I remember her telling me that the child safety officers had told her her father did not want to take her calls and refused to have anything to do with her life. So as a little 13-year-old girl, she didn't have parents that had a huge amount of positive legacy to leave her. And if I compare her life to mine, at 13 years old, my parents were getting ready to take me overseas to visit my grandparents in Europe. Ashlyn had one photo of herself in a room that she can't recall what that room was with people she, she can't even recall who they are. I have a whole wardrobe dedicated to photos of me. Does anyone else have a mum who's like that? She was snap happy, my mother. I was a very cute kid, by the way. (laughs) Wardrobe of photos dedicated to me, and I'm with this young girl who has one photo of herself. And, you know, one day Ashlyn came up to me at the end of a program and stood very close to me, and she said this, Michelle, do you have any money? And as a young youth worker, you think to yourself, what does this girl need money for? She's been spending it on alcohol or drugs, or why does this girl need money? And as I began to talk to her, I realized that just through poor management, that this young girl hadn't eaten for a few days. And there was a canteen full of food, but this girl was slipping through the cracks. And so I took her to the guidance officer. I began to carry change in my pocket every single week so I could buy her a salad sandwich and a chocolate milk. And I went home oftentimes from that program thinking to myself, how can a mum just decide not to be a mother anymore? How can a dad just decide not to be a dad anymore? Who gets that option, you know? And I realised that that young girl, you know what? She wasn't asking me for money. She was asking me if I would do what her mother and father couldn't or wouldn't do. She was asking me if I would help fill this big gaping gap in her life. And I have realized over the last 20 years that no one can replace parents in a child's life. And that generational legacy and what we pass down to our children is incredibly important. Do you know my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren are going to Google my name one day. And they are going to find out what their grandmother and their great-grandmother stood for. They may read my books. (laughs) They may look at my website. But they will find out that I didn't live maybe just for success, but my intention was to live for the generation after us. And it's not what we gain, but it's what we pass down that actually matters. Do you know this generational line that God wants us to be responsible is so incredibly powerful. I think of it like this. 
You know, we've all been born with a backpack in life and we didn't get any choice what's in this backpack. When we were born, it was passed down from our parents to us. And you know, as, as great parents and grandparents and even aunties and uncles, and even if you're single today, what you do with this backpack matters. Do you know there's an ongoing storyline even in this country that I want to be a part of? I want to be a part of the history at this moment of time in our country and I want to make an impact in the story of our country. And there's people here that are called to make a dent and an impact and write a chapter in the calling and the story of their country just the way you are designed to make one as your family. And you know, as we unpack our backpack in life, let me see where the zip is here. Not everything that we've been born with is going to be positive. Ashlyn had a lot of negatives in her backpack. You know, some people are born with like a book of abuse here. You know, some people were born with quite a lot of wealth though, you know. And then some of us were, you know, were born with not a great relationship, maybe skills that our mum had and we struggle with that. We had a great education though. And so as we look at what's in our backpack, I believe that God calls every single one of us not to try and make this backpack perfect, but to choose one thing in that backpack that you feel anointed and called to overcome. By God's spirit, choose one thing for your generational line and conquer it for the next generation. Do you know, we can't hand our children a perfect backpack and nor does God require us to. But what he wants us to pass down is a spirit that overcomes that our children see us face our challenges in life and not just whine about them and not just complain about them, but actually take something out of our backpack and say, I'm going to conquer this so this backpack is lighter for the next generation. And through our generational lines, do you know what? That backpack is meant to get more godly. That backpack is meant to get lighter and lighter and lighter. But unfortunately, sometimes I see parents walking around with a backpack that they felt was too heavy for them to carry. And they're so burdened by this backpack that instead of stopping and unpacking and dealing with it, they let it crush them. And they collapse under the weight of it and unknowingly and unconsciously they do this. They pass it to their children a backpack that was too heavy for them to carry. They put on the shoulders of a child. And we wonder sometimes why our children are buckling under depression. We wonder sometimes why our children are self-harming. We wonder sometimes where our kids are anxious. And God wants to convict us as parents to stand still with his empowerment, with his anointing, And reach into the backpack that he's given us in life and just choose one thing to conquer for your children. Do you know you are anointed to do that? There's pivotal decisions. There's pivotal things that you will conquer for your family line that you were designed to conquer. Do you know, and God wants to inspire you in that today. He wants you to bless you in that today. You know, our burdens were never meant to be passed down, but they were meant to be covered with the blood of Jesus. And do you know, there's things we consciously and unconsciously pass down in life. I had amazing grandparents. They didn't speak a lot of English. 
And they would unconsciously, I couldn't even have a conversation with them, but I knew they loved me. They passed down work ethic to me. They passed down a love for family. They passed down kind of that spirit of family and that tradition of being around a table and recipes and cooking and so much. But there's things they very deliberately and consciously passed down. I remember my yaya would at times take us into her bedroom and she would sit us down as children on her bed and she had these big inbuilt cupboards on this side and she would get this little ladder and she would go up to the very top of her cupboard where there was things that she had brought as a young woman in Cyprus to pass down to her grandchildren. My mother has them in her safe and she will not trust me with them. (laughs) She goes, you will travel with them and you will lose them, Michelle. But my grandmother would bring down pieces of jewellery that were crafted in her village. She would bring down gold earrings that she had worn as a child. She would bring down rings that were given to her from her grandmother. And almost every year she would sit us down in this ceremony and she would pass us her very best. Isn't it beautiful to be able to pass your children your very best and not the dregs? My grandmother, every every afternoon we would visit her at 3 o'clock every afternoon and she would be sitting outside crocheting. I didn't pay any attention. And then when I was about to get married, my grandmother brought down tablecloths, bedspreads. Every Saturday afternoon, she was thinking of me. She was building her life to gift me with her very best. Parents and grandparents, if I can inspire you to do anything this morning, build your life to gift your children with the very, very best. Do you know, there's a beautiful scripture. Let me take you to it. I believe this is just anointed for today, that it will go into some of your hearts in a very deep way. Genesis 13. It's a story of Abraham and Lot. It's pivotal decisions that families were making. Abraham and Lot were relatives. They were on their way to find a new home, traveling together in a place that they had landed, the land was not sufficient enough to cater for both families. And there was bickering and fighting. Have you ever been in a home too small for you? Our last home was like that. You feel like you're on top of everyone all the time. No one can get their own space. Um, My son had a little three-by-three room and he had a, a bed here, a desk here, his school bags here. He had his drums in the corner. I mean, you'd go into his room like this, you know. And Abraham and Lot had, they were both wealthy. They had cattle. You know, they had herds. They had lots of people following them and with them. Their families were large. And they had settled in a place and the land was not sufficient for both of them. And their herdsmen were starting to bicker. And so Abraham, after some time, went to Lot and he said, Look, let's not allow this bickering to keep going. We're family. We're not supposed to be fighting like this. Let's choose to go separate ways. But what I want you to do, what I want to do is I want to give you first choice of wherever you want to go. Let me make this as easy as possible for you, my brother. 
Let me bless you. Let me take control of the situation and let me give you the best of whatever you want to choose. And so Lot stood and he looked at his options. He looked over here. And to the left, there was a green and beautiful area. Yet it was known to be close to an area called Sodom, which was known to be ungodly. Yet it looked so green and it looked so beautiful and it had the potential to be so prosperous for his family. And with prosperity and success in mind, rather than leaving a legacy in mind, Lot said, I'll take the cash and go left. And Lot took his family into a place and close to a place that in the years to come was destroyed by God. In the years to come, he offered his daughters up to be raped to these people. In the years to come, his wife turned to salt as they were fleeing from this place. And because his intention to start with was to chase wealth instead of the heart of God, he missed the legacy that God had for his generations. Do you know the Bible says there is wealth that comes from the heart of God that adds no sorrow to it. And as Abraham took the journey to the right, when Lot had left, God said to Abraham, I will bless your descendants and your descendants of your descendants. I will bless your hereditary line. And Abraham went on to walk a life that was godly and sound and secure. And wealth and prosperity followed him every day of his life. And he missed out on nothing, but he pursued the heart of God. And sometimes we can chase things that possibly are not going to be the best for our generational line. And every pivotal decision we make as a family, where to invest our time, where to put our heart, whether to turn left or to right, I want to encourage you today that there's a story that's going to follow after you. And the kids coming after you need you to chase the heart of God first and foremost. The wealth of God adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of God adds no sorrow to it. And the defining moments in our life. Do you know, Jacob came to a point in his life where his, his hereditary line was a mess. And he stood and he wrestled with God until he won for the next generation. And when we win, we don't just win for ourselves. We win for those coming after us. Do you know, there's been so many times in our ministry life where we have had a deep conviction that the battle we are fighting right now is not just for us. It's for the generations coming after us. Remember once my husband um, was involved with a young boy who had a car accident and he had become a paraplegic and he was in intensive care unconscious. And my husband just was very, very connected with this family after the accident and he started going up every single day to the hospital and praying for this young boy. And oftentimes it would fall right on mealtime. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was gone in the traffic for long amounts of time. And I remember after a few months saying to him, Honey, how long are you going to go up? He goes, Baby, I'm going to go up until this boy's healed. <laughs> I'm going to go up until this family's comforted. 
Because I'm not just winning for this child, I'm winning for the generations coming after him. And I remember this boy coming out of a coma. He's still got some disabilities, but he looks dock up every time that he's in Brisbane. And he's so grateful for that investment that he made. Do I remember 17 years old, just a young girl? I actually was involved with a youth program at our, our church. And I remember one day this young girl came to this program and she was maybe 13 years old, but she actually looked like she was eight. Because she had suffered so much abuse in life that it actually literally physically stunted her growth. And she was far more like a primary school child than a high school child. And it caught our attention. And I remember just being so, so compassionate for her. And she was from a home where she wouldn't be able to come to our youth program every week. And she lived like in Logan, which was like at least 45 minutes drive from my house. But I made a commitment to pick her up every single week to take her to our youth program. And every week when I picked her up, she was dressed in her best. She was waiting outside of her house, ready to come to youth. And I don't remember as a 17-year-old in my first year of university at teaching, counting how much money it would cost me to fill up my tank of petrol. I don't remember that even being a consideration. I don't remember even being worried that when my friends went out for coffee and fun afterwards, I had to take this young girl home because I was so focused on the legacy of this young girl and being a part of her story. And I remember one day noticing that every time I picked her up, her little boy, her little brother would just sob and cry. And she lived with her mother at that time. She had come back in contact and that, you know, she was taken care of by her mum at that time. But her little brother and her had gone through foster care for years together. And every time that girl left her little brother, he would sob. And so I did what any logical 17-year-old would do. I put him in the car as well and took him to youth. Now, in this day and age, you wouldn't be allowed to do that because policy and procedure. But in our day, we just load him in one more fantastic, you know. And so Renee would take this little boy on her hip every week with her to youth. And I realized after a few weeks that this little boy had not said a word to me that I was trying to interact with him every single week and he wasn't talking back. And I asked, I asked her, your brother doesn't talk much. And he was maybe about four. And I remember Renee saying to me, he can't talk yet. Now, I remember as a 17-year-old girl, something going off inside of me. And it was something inside of me that rose up that said, not on my watch, is that's not happening. The audacity of it. No idea the complexity of the needs that I was trying to meet. <laughs> and I decided that I would go to Renee's house early every single week, that I would take some reading books, some stickers, some lollies for prizes, and some alphabet letters, and I was going to teach this child to talk. And for months, I'm not talking weeks, I'm talking for months, I went early to her house. At first, her little son was so scared of my enthusiasm, he sat in the corner on the other side of the room. <laughs> and slowly, we became mates. And slowly, I would start to read to him. And slowly, I remember muffled words starting to come out of his mouth. And I remember tears coming down my eyes as I realized that the projection of that child's future could actually be changed by someone connecting with that child.
and caring about his legacy and caring about his story. That my time and your time is not ill-invested by reaching out to people over Christmas that may be less fortunate than you. That you stepping into their world and helping them unpack their backpack. And for that little boy uttering his first words with me in his lounge room. That that actually made a difference in somebody else's life. And do you know we all have a watch And our first watch is on our children, Hawkeyes. And do you know our second watch is to those around us who God needs us to reach into. God, give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear the impact and how you want us to reach out to other people. You have a watch. This church has a watch. Significant things have happened in this church in years gone by and significant things are about to happen in the hearts or through the hearts and hands of you. You have a watch. And God, I just pray right now for people across this auditorium, for families, for the significant decisions that some of you will be making in the lives of your children in the upcoming years. I pray for courage not to choose the easy green pastures, but to choose to camp near godliness. God, I pray for this church and for the committee of management of this church. And I pray that by your spirit, you would whisper vision and direction that will alter the course of generations to come. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.